podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Stop calling egg throwing. So, I'm sorry. So, so but look, I said he is, he's one of the best egg throwers in the history of the game. But to call an egg thrower an amazing athlete, sorry, man. Can I have that? What do I need to say? This is the Talking Tactics Podcast, episode 85. I like the fives and the zeros. They make me feel good. Uh, my name's Daniel. It's your boy, Double H, half folk. Trying to live, trying to exist, trying to stay blacker than black. Hi, I'm Carl. It's good to be back. Actually, actually, can I just say something very quickly? Um, Carl, why do you play rugby? I find it fun. You do know it's very dangerous. You know, I, I must have my back broken while playing rugby. Yeah, uh, I currently have half my face is scabbing over because I have a really bad injury. Like, but but the, the issue was I, I had to face. play, uh-huh. and I was a very skinny black kid who right. was tackled by, by another black kid who was much bigger than me. So there was no racial unity there, was there? I don't understand what you want me to say. Are you saying if black you're if, if you're black, black yeah, if you're black <laughs> and, and and you're twice my size, don't don't tackle me so hard. The guy almost broke my back. I was like, what the hell? Carl, do you enjoy playing rugby more than you enjoy playing football? Or don't you, don't football? you dare say you like playing rugby more than football, Carl. Don't, please. It depends. What are we talking? Eleven aside or five aside? Eleven. Uh, I don't really like playing eleven aside. I prefer playing rugby to eleven aside football. I prefer five aside football to playing rugby. Chelsea are playing Watford in the background, so if I sound scattered, you know my bad. Uh, yeah, we do. <laughs> we do this podcast every Tuesday. Follow us on Twitter. At Talking Tactics, you can follow us on Facebook. Type in Talking Tactics and hopefully you'll get lucky. We're on Instagram at Talking Tactics. Follow us on SoundCloud. I think what I, I think what what's what's the next round number we're near? Three hundred. So if we could get to three hundred followers, that'd be great. On Twitter, we're almost at five hundred. So if you uh, prefer using Twitter and you you aren't following us yet, please do leave an Apple Podcast review, five stars. If it's five stars, we'll read it on the show. Speaking of, we got one from a guy called FM Fish Farmer. Uh, very funny indeed. Wide ranging football chat. I think that have Pope should maybe have the courage to back down for ludicrous statements once in a while, though. Daniel's laugh is adorable. Hmm? Also, Carl is not great to listen to and is way too harsh on have hope. <laughs> you see, Carl? So, this, no, 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 no. This is our first review. That's not like the hate hasn't been directed to have hope as such. Well, initially it, 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 it was. Initially it was. So I'm shocked. You don't like listening to Carl. There are episodes where I, I give you a time off. Oh, wow. <laughs> Can't believe I cleared my money to come do this. Maybe I should. All right, FM. Oh, Carl, Carl, we all love you, man. We all love you. You know, just just, just accept that I am better than you in every way. And it will be good. So yeah, uh, thank you, FM Fish Farmer, for the five-star review. If leaving reviews is your thing, there's a link in the description, the easiest way possible to do that. You tap it, and it'll take your phone to it if you're on an Apple device or your iPad or whatever. So please leave us a review. They're much appreciated, uh, and they mean a lot, especially the five-star one. So with that out the way... Let's talk about the big thing, which was Liverpool 2, Tottenham 2. It was an amazing game. For and diving. Two. Let's talk about diving as well. Yeah, for two teams that, when they both play to the top of their capabilities, are some of the best teams in Europe. When they play maybe 5% below the top of their capabilities, they can be hilarious to watch. I think that game is evidence as to why both those teams will struggle to win trophies 
this year and next year, but also will probably show why they'll probably start winning trophies by the next World Cup cycle. Um, what? They're just fun teams to watch, really. They're really fun you know? teams to watch. And, uh, you know, I, I was on a podcast with James Benj from the Evening Standard who said, he made a really interesting comment about how so many top six games have been spoiled by Mourinho Ball and or teams just not being able to land a hand on Manchester City. So it's really nice when you see two teams just go at it like this. Uh, my big assessment from the game was that Pochettino really got the the first half tactics really badly. So he went for this diamond where he played Ericsson on the right, Dele Alli on the left, and then you had Dembele sort of swamped by the hardworking centre midfield of Liverpool. Are we going to so talk Liverpool's about been... Dele Alli today? There's a lot to talk about. That. Oh, <laughs> no, 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 no. I mean... I will, I will, I, I, I will keep things on the pitch. Anything off the pitch, okay. Like, okay. like this, this, this isn't how it stands. So, you what know. a not, what a naughty boy! You could at least wear sunglasses. <laughs> very, very quickly. Who, who, who would have taken that p- picture though? His boy, I guess. And that guy is probably now a, a rich guy now. Then, so, wow. Anyway, so the, anyway. Yeah, let's let's uh, keep things ahead. on the pitch. <laughs> Pochettino got the tackles really wrong in the first half. They, they were going with a high line and they were going for a pressing system, which you don't do against Liverpool because what you saw in the first half, Liverpool were just doing high balls over the top. And when you've got Salah, they were, it wasn't quite counter attacking, but they were always vulnerable. Um, Mohamed Salah is the best signing in the Premier League right now. And just phenomenal work rate and the aggression he shows when he's on the ball and how hard he is to knock off the ball for both those goals was phenomenal. Ali was so poor. So he has one assist in the last seven games. It's one of those, if Deli Ali doesn't score, there's not much he's going to offer you as a footballer. He looks really badly off the pace. Eric Dyer looks really bad right now. Davison Sanchez, who was amazing when I was at uh, Wembley last Wednesday to watch United versus Spurs looked really shaken by this high-pressing system. Um, Spurs can get better, which is the good thing. Like, Wanyama's going to come back. He scored a wonderful goal. And Toby Alnavira will come back. And I think Spurs will be... I think they probably will just miss out on top four because they've got... Well, they've got Newport on Wednesday, then Arsenal on Saturday, then they've got Juve. And I think this is where their season falls apart a bit. Mm. But I think, I think they can get better. Whereas with Liverpool... Um, it's one of those games where Liverpool could have easily won it and also it gives proof as to the fact that they probably should have paid the extra 20 million to get Naby Keita now. What do you think, gentlemen? I think a draw was a fair result. Agreed. Everything even. I mean, the the way it happened was a bit wild. I guess we'll talk about that in a second. But I'm curious, have hope, which was better? The Wanyamo goal or the Salah goal? Which one was better? Like, Literally, it's like, it's like saying what's the greatest goal ever scored, the Ronaldinho goal against Chelsea or the Maradona goal in the World Cup. It's two different kinds of goals. Like, Wanyama is the best version of that kind of goal, i.e. a strike, where Salah is like the best version of that kind of goal, dribbling past many guys and then and then the finish. So, Which one do you like? I would assume you like the Salah one better. Just well, no, no, yeah. I mean, yeah. I, 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 I mean, like, if... I would, I would prefer to score the um, Salah one, and I've scored a few of those in my time, you know. But yeah, I would, oh, you know, I would definitely prefer. Yeah, no, oi, Carl, easy, easy, dad. Nah, nah. Look, man, I was, I was bawling. All, all because I, 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 I go out of breath after two minutes doesn't mean that I wasn't bawling in my past. So guys, chill. I still have the um, torch. I still have the torch. Nonsense. But um, no, no, no. Salah's goal. Look, okay. 
Kane isn't world class. Salah is world class. I'm going to put it out there. All right. So, and we we, we um, can discuss it afterwards. Yeah. All right. That's not that's not ridiculous. He choked. He he choked. He he choked. Sorry. Can I can I say that? Can I say he choked? Kane is amazing. He is an amazing striker, but he choked. If you're world class, you can't choke during a penalty like that. He choked. Ooh, ooh, that's an interesting one because that's less about Kane and that's more about because every world class player has choked, right? I can't think of one player who's regarded as one of the best of all time that hasn't had one or two games where you just go, "Well, that was weird, wasn't it?" I'm a Messi okay. defender, but people will bring up the champ, the World Cup final, and the Copa America finals as evidence of Messi choking. Uh, and and, and the World Cup and, and the World Cup semi as well in 2014. Don't forget that. Which you like to bring up as well. If you if you're a Cristiano Ronaldo fan, you could bring up the fact that he's only had one good Champions League final performance, and that was the most recent one against Juventus. If you're a Zinedine Zidane fan, you could bring up the 2006 World Cup final, and you can bring up many many games when he had for Juventus. Wait 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 um, whoa, whoa 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 wait a minute wait a minute. How was that a bad performance? If somebody insults your family or something, I'm I'll headbutt you myself. I'll, I'll, I'll probably shoot you. I'm never I'm never gonna say what he did was not justified in the circumstances. But uh, your point of saying you can't be world class if you choke is interesting because but but I'm, Zidane did choke in that moment. Then I'm, ah. this is what this is what so this is correct noise from Dan and also you know there are the many games he had for Juventus. And the fact that Zidane hasn't got as many league titles as you'd expect a player of his quality to have. League titles but ev- are overrated. Every, every, pardon? League titles are overrated. Carry on, carry on, carry That's on, a really on. bizarre statement that will... Carry on, carry on, carry on, carry on. Carry on. Uh, yeah, Kane didn't miss the penalty. Carrier saved it. It was a really good... It was a bad penalty. It was very Wait a minute. Whoa, 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 whoa. See, this, I, I was reading this same point that you said, Carl, online. It was like, it was a bad penalty. It was a bad penalty. I don't think it was a bad penalty. And in fact, I think Carrius got kind of lucky. I think Kane did exactly what he wanted to do. And he hit the ball so hard that Carrius didn't really have time to dive one way or the other. So he had he stood still and it and it just hit him, basically. Anyone who listens to this podcast, if you're on Twitter, I recommend you follow David Priest. He's a former Sunderland goalkeeper and he's a former Sunderland and he spent some time in Scandinavia and was at Lincoln near the end of his career. And he's one of the more uh, preeminent uh, goalkeeping pundits right now, and uh, like goalkeeping nerds. He, if you, if you're vaguely interested as to what's going on with Petr Cech or why Courtois hasn't kicked on, or why Edison's so good with his feet, he's one of the best people to follow for that sort of stuff. And uh, I remember years ago he wrote a really interesting article about what a goalkeeper thinks when you're going for a penalty, and he says from a goalkeeper's perspective, if you aim for my face during a penalty, you probably score every single time because I'm I'm very rarely going to like stand still. I think Kane's decision as to where to put it wasn't bad. I think his delivery and his run-up is where the penalty became bad, mm. as it were. Uh, okay. But credit to Karius to kind of get to our next point. There was a massive pause in between Kane falling over and the penalty being awarded and mm. doing and going to the penalty. Uh, we got a question that says, if the referees interpret... This is from Harry Baudelaire. Wanted to tweet this, but couldn't get the character count down. So this is from the DM. If the referees interpreted the rules correctly for Tottenham's first pen... Are the rules deeply flawed? Obviously, Lovren should clear it, but he only plays at it because Kane is there, meaning Kane is active. Otherwise, surely you shouldn't be offside from a rebound. Also, the whole onside-offside argument has conveniently ignored Kane might have dived. Would this have happened if he wasn't A, English, or B, white? Whoa! 
It's an interesting one. Right. Uh, so when I watched it live, I said Kane is offside, but it is a penalty. So I, I don't, I don't believe Harry Kane dived. Um, I believe. I think, he, I think he went down quite easily. Oh no no no! Uh, no. This is no, this is this is what Kane did. Like, and I try to explain this to people. It's a dive, but it isn't. It isn't a dive in a sense of it isn't a clear. You really dived, i.e. Mar Maradona way. He literally like flying for the for the skies. But it's something that every striker at this level gets almost does by second nature. As soon as you feel the contact coming in, you slowly go over. So you do it by second nature towards you. And just what every striker does. Any striker in that situation, you you move the ball a bit to the side, you time it when you feel the contact coming in, and you move your body just slightly over. So it just comes to second nature. That's just what strikers do by instinct. So it And it is just what, what it is. As a keeper, you have to know that. It's a, a skill. Yeah. it's a skill. It's a skill. It's not really a skill. No, so it's not really oh, a skill. it's a skill. I think diving is a skill in the same way that taking a good free kick or taking a corner was a skill. I think... So there's an art uh, to it. Oh, yeah. Like, like Robin. Robin is a perfectionist of this art. Robin's hey, like, guys, 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 don't insult Robin like that. You know, who, you know who's the, my favorite, my favorite person at falling over in the Premier League is Jamie Vardy. So what Jamie Vardy does is if you are a defender and you're running up with him and he's going at full pace, what he'll do is... When you're side on with him, he'll smash his hips into your hips and basically clatter his legs with your legs and get and get caught up in a tangle and he'll fall over. And when it works, it generally normally always gets a penalty because it doesn't look like a dive because mm. he has sincerely got his legs tripped up in your legs. It's just that he's managed to put his legs in there by slamming his legs into yours. Uh, Mares is good at it. Suarez is phenomenal at it. Uh, Vardy is the best in the Premier League at it. And, and Kane did it to a degree yesterday what i normally say when i'm talking watching games with kev burn is he bought it but it's the defender's problem because the defender was selling it uh and this is the problem you get if you don't even give the striker the chance to sniff at that sort of opportunity because if you're a good striker you're going to take it if i got a 30 percent chance to get a shot off if i stand on my feet or i get a 60 percent chance to get a penalty i'm gonna go i'm gonna go to ground and people go, people go. Oh, you should stay up and be honest and whatnot. What do I win by staying up? Because oh, but it's, you're honest. It's you football. It's, it's 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 football, man. It's football. Like, that's that's pride, how football works. Pride doesn't put the ball in there. And I find it hilarious to go back to Harry's point about does Harry Kane avoid this because he's English and or white? Uh, I think there is a weird perception of English football players being really, really brave and honest and noble when actually. I've seen Steven Gerrard dive. I've seen Michael Owen dive. I've seen Wayne Rooney dive. I've seen Frank Lampard go to ground. Uh, we're, we are just as capricious and cunning. Well, that's the problem. We're not as cunning as everyone else. Uh, I think one th one problem we have, especially when you see our international football level, is English players don't dive, not because we're more honest than other countries, because we're not good at it. You know, you saw Deli Ali go to ground in the Liverpool Spurs game. Like, Delhi Alley going to ground is nowhere near as good as Meza Uzzah going to ground. That's why English players don't dive. Not because they believe in the spirit of the game, but because they're a bit crap at it. If Delhi Alley could dive in the same way Riyad Mahrez could dive, or if you could dive in the same way Iron Robin would dive, you'd be going to ground all the time. Because it's a skill, and it has to be practiced. And I think it's an, it's what, an added repertoire. What if you get so good at it that it becomes mm -hmm. a detriment to your game? Like someone like Ashley Young. That's a really good point. And that's what happened to Ashley Young. Ashley Young got really good at, at going to ground. And now nobody believes him when he goes to ground, even when yeah. he legitimately is fouled. Yep. 
Wolbeck was quite good at going to ground early on in his career. And then I don't know what happened to Wolbeck. He just, yeah. It's the same way as in when players, when players often come through and they often get fouled a lot because they're really good creatively. And then eventually referees stop protecting them because they're like, well, if I booked every guy that like, tries to hack at your ankles, I'm going to have to book everyone on the team. So you see it in someone like Eden Hazard. When Eden Hazard came up to Chelsea, he was getting free kicks and penalties every single game because he was new, he was exciting, and he was being beaten up all the time. Whereas now, Eden Hazard has to get brutalized before he gets a free kick. Aren't Amadeus. Uh, did John Moss get the two penalty decisions correct or wrong in the Liverpool-Tottenham match? So the first one, I think we're saying that Offside. It, was, it, it was gamesmanship from Kane, but the but the decision was correct, right? Yeah. But, 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 but Kane the, was offside. This, Kane was offside. The second one, though, is I think the one that has maybe the more questions around it. Because it wasn't even the referee that gave this penalty. It was the linesman. No. So do we think that the second penalty after the brilliant Salah goal was worth it or was a legitimate call? If you give a penalty, you're pretty much 90 to 95% giving the other team a goal. So when you make a penalty decision, you have to be absolutely right. It is a penalty. Eh. Were you truly sure that because a guy raises his knee, he puts enough contact onto a dude to pretty much do the Macarena in the box, which is what Lamella did. And for me, it's like, you have to be sure. Guys, you have to be pause, sure. pause, guys, pause. Bakayoko just got two yellow cards in five minutes. Ooh. Ooh These Chelsea careers in trouble. You got Russ Barkley? Russ Barkley gonna help you out? Brick Academy. <laughs> class class B, class C, you know. Oh my why are you playing a false nine again? Ugh. Look, I told you Conte, there's 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 something wrong wrong with our dude, man. Psychologically there's something wrong with our dude. But anyway, uh have hope. So, wrong decision. Carl, am I going to say that you think it was? I didn't realise it was a penalty until after the fact. And even then, when it went to the television, I thought he was going to strip it away because it looks as if Van Dyke goes up to challenge Lamella and then realises what he's about to do and then holds his leg back. He definitely kicks him. He definitely definitely makes contact. I don't know if kick is the correct term. If you're if you're thinking of kick him in the sense that he deliberately meant to put his foot on him, like no, like I don't think he was like let me just take a whack at him type of kick him. But if your foot if you swing your foot and it touches someone else, you've kicked them. This is a good point, and if and by that definition, then it is a penalty. Which 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 is why I think Eric Lamella is a slight genius because he made sure to get in front of Van Dyke, knowing that he was going to try to clear it, and all he had to do was get a slight contact. And go down, and he was going to give the referee a decision to make. Now, obviously, the linesman made this one, but that was genius. Obviously, it's another dark art, <laughs> but I looked at it and I didn't notice it the first time. And then someone on the on the TV kind of pointed it out. I was like, "That is so smart. That is ingenious to to know that Van Dyke is going to clear this. Like he's going to try to do a volley clear. All I got to do is get in front of him, and he's going to kick me in the back." And maybe they'll give us a penalty. No, look, it's it's very so South smart. American, man. Like it's 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 the it's it's what they teach every South American in in nursery school. <laughs> it's like you <laughs> you 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 learn that before your ABCs. <laughs> so, uh, could you give me a point to get up a statement about the uh, refereeing body, the uh, 
PGMOL about the penalty statements. Uh, it reads thusly, John Moss was in a good position to see a Liverpool player had deliberately played the ball before it fell to Harry Kane in the penalty area. He then correctly judged that Harry Kane was fouled by Loris Karius. However, given the speed of the attack, he was uncertain of the identity of the Liverpool player who kicked the ball. Eddie Smart, who identified that Kane was in an offside position, correctly sought clarification on whether Lovren had deliberately played the ball. His question created some momentary, momentary confusion when Eddie asked if Lovren had touched the ball. Moss knew a Liverpool player had touched the ball, but he did not know that it was Lovren. He then asked his fourth official, Martin Atkinson, to acknowledge and acknowledges that referencing TV was misguided. Atkinson did not reply to the question, and so had no involvement in the decision. And reflected on the questions asked, John knew that Liverpool player, now identified as Lovren, had played the ball and no offside offence had occurred. He then awarded the penalty. For the weightings of doubt, Atkinson did not view the television monitor and did not relay any information onto the on-field official. So that, that basically brings up the Harry Kane one, where well, there was some debate over whether or not John Moss gave away the penalty based not upon what he had seen, but based on whether or not a television screen had shown him that. And the refereeing body had said, no, it was it was completely from the fourth official and whatnot. And John Moss made a mistake in referencing the television. And I think it was very interesting in the fact that John Moss didn't give the second penalty, but it was in fact the linesman that gave it away. And then after some further discussion, the penalty was awarded. From, from what I understand, the refereeing body believes the Kane penalty is entirely justified which I think is what we can agree on. Whereas the the second one, one by Lamella, is a little bit shadier. But mm. at the end of the day, you know, 2-2 two, two is a fair result. And as uh, Roy Hodgson said this week, I miss the days when people would talk about the entire 90 minutes of a game of football rather than 40 seconds, whether is this a penalty decision or is this not a penalty decision. So, yeah, that's all I really want to say left about that game. And uh, you know what? It was set up for Chelsea to take advantage of those two teams dropping two points. But now that they're down to 10 men, yo, have you guys seen the reports that Conte could get sacked if they lose this game? I have not. <laughs> Look, man, it's 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 a mess, man. He's not enjoying himself. It's quite sad. Is you it? Shouldn't be, you shouldn't be that unhappy with your team and the upper management after you've won the Premier League title at a relative canter the season before. If they looked off, if they, I think if they looked after Conte, I think Chelsea are going to regret what's going on with Conte in the same way that they ended up regretting sacking Ancelotti. <laughs> this might be a little bit controversial, but I don't know if I want Conte to have the power to make a squad in his image. Mm. Just, uh, just, uh, just as a Chelsea supporter, I, I and, second and, that, man. And second you, that. Carl, as a United fan, you might be able to relate to this. In terms of like, do you really want Jose Mourinho to be the one pulling strings and getting rid of players and uh, acquiring players when you know he's only going to be there for three years? And and the type of players that he's going to get don't necessarily play the style of football that United fans are accustomed to. Um, mm. Now, 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 Chelsea aren't accustomed to any kind of style, I wouldn't say. But someone like me, I think I'm starting to like. There's an ideal way I want us to play, uh, like four three three. Not overly offensive, but offensive enough to where I enjoy watching the games. I, I don't think Conte's that guy, so I don't necessarily want him with like the three hundred million in his pocket. You go out, you get to sell this player, buy that player. I don't. He's not the type of guy I want doing that. 
Because he's not visionary enough. He's going to want the Vidal's of the world. He's going to want Giroud. He's going to want Lorente. Like, no, that's I'm, not I'm, the I'm, type of football I'm, I'm, I, I want to watch. Let's, <laughs> let, wait, 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 let's, let, wait, let's, let's, let's be real. How entertaining was our Juve team? Let's even be realer. Let's be real with Antonio Conte. He won all those titles with Juve. Post Calciopoli, where the Serie A was ripped off the best talent. You keep bringing up Calciopoli, where Calciopoli happened in 2006 and he was winning titles in 2011. Come on, man. Calciopoli was like a marker. From that point up until now was the beginning of an exodus of talent from the Serie A and how Syria went down in estimation for any top player. So most top players were like, you know what, the way this club is being perceived and the money leaving this league as well means that this is no longer a desirable place if I'm a top player. But Juventus managed to at least keep hold of all of the, the top talents. So AC Milan, Roma, Fiorentina, AC Milan, all lost top talents. That a few, but really all the top talents were with, with Juventus. So really, you were winning all those Scudetto titles with hardly any competition. Let's look at Europe. Uh, he was he not, was crapping. I don't know about that. Have hope. No, your your dates are wrong, right? Yeah. So yeah. your dates are all wrong. You keep bringing up Calciopoli, which has happened in two thousand six, where what happened is financial fair play came in. So AC Milan had to sell Thiago Silva and Ibrahimovic to PSG into Milan. Why is White Dean in charge, bro? <laughs> Fuck this dude. Man. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think Courtois touched him, but Mike Dean will Mike Dean. I'm sorry, Carl. No, no, keep going, keep going. Nah, oh, man. All right, I, I, the replay. Explain. He dived. He dived. <laughs> he dived. It's the same thing we're talking about. It's Dale Lafayette as well. He didn't touch him at all. But it's one of those things where, like, he thinks the contact is coming and it looks like a penalty. So I can see how he gives it, but he dove. VAR. That's not a dive. He gets booked for simulation. But that's crazy, man. Troy D- if Troy Dini scores this, I'm turning the TV off. Dan, as a Chelsea fan, how are you feeling about Bakayoko, Drinkwater, and Russ Barkley doing stuff while you've got Chabala and Loftus-Cheek? I'm, I'm shitty that if you add up Bakayoko, Drinkwater, and Barkley, it's $90 million, and Chelsea weren't willing to pay $90 million for Pogba. Jesus, he f- scored. Troy Dini. Got cojones. Yeah. Uh, well, this could be Conte out, guys. If if reports are to be believed, but anyway, yeah. If you add up Drinkwater, who are the other ones? Bakayoko and Barkley, it's ninety million. How much did Pogba go for? Eighty nine. But Chelsea weren't willing to give Mourinho the ninety million to buy Pogba. It wasn't even ninety at that time. It was like seventy five that Juventus wanted. So I am kind of perplexed at Chelsea's transfer negotiations or the the philosophy or lack thereof of the club in that. They want to spend all this money on mediocre players, but they aren't willing to give youth a chance. Mm-hmm. Like, I, like I would rather you play the Loftus Cheeks, the Chalabas, the Akes, the Triores, the Christensens, those guys, and not buy Zappa Costa when we have Dujon Sterling. Don't buy Bakayoko when we have Chalaba there. Um, and then, and then, and use all that money to buy a Vidal and pay his wages. Use that money to buy a Mares. Use that money to buy an Alexandro. That makes sense to me. Not not buying top-tier talent and then spending a lot of money on meddling or middling talent, it doesn't make any sense to me. And uh, that's why we're down 1-0 <laughs> to Watford of all teams. But yeah, what, what were we talking about? We were talking about uh, Half Hope was saying Con- Oh, Italy. Conte. We were talking about Italy. And I think you yeah. need to move your dates up by about five years. 
When when did AC Milan sell Thiago Silva and PSG? AC Milan are like, the last like, team to like, win. Like 2010, not, not 2006. Yeah. When Cal it wasn't that, okay, now Syria and Crab, everybody left. No, the stuff was, was still in there. But people thought that this was the beginnings of what he now saw was from 2011 to 2012, all okay, the stars I now leave. I got you. I got you. Now so, Carl, rebut. The, the point I was trying to make was when Conte went over to Juventus, they were finished sixth in the league. And he goes, boys, what's wrong with us? We're fucking shit. Let's sort this out. To say Conte went into Juventus when they're already on a high is uh, a misnomer because AC Milan had just won Serie A. Yeah, they had got hit by FFP, so they had to get rid of Ibra and Thiago Silva, but they were expected to keep pushing on. Inter Milan, yeah, they were in a bit of a post-Mourinho slump, as most teams post-Mourinho are, but they were expected to kick on. Juventus were sick. There were many teams above them. Conte turned that round. And yes, that was in part due to the fact that they snapped up Paul Pogba and they had uh, they snapped up Perlo. But to mm. say Conte is uh, is simply was simply a guy in the right place at the right time it does him a disservice. I've you know I, I tweeted you about this earlier. Hope I think Conte is a very good one-off manager, and I think perhaps his expertise mm. is better suited to international football, where he gets to work with a very small group of players rather than having to worry about the transfer market, which is why he was always bad at Europe, because he can't juggle two competitions at once. So in international football, you can do that. You can only just focus on one tournament. And I also think that in international football, his version of tactics is, uh, you know, his blunt force trauma swarmed the penalty area. Stuff is very effective. And that's not, like, to call it, I think it, it'd be very weird if, Conte gets sacked from Chelsea and then we all pretend that he was a bad manager. Where No, no. Uh, no one is saying that. No one is saying that. People are... Yeah. I'm worried there'll be, a revi- there'll be some revisionism because they went 12 games consecutive wins last season when he realised... 13 games last season, all wins, when he realised, oh, wait, there's a problem with my team right now. Let me change that. If you manage to turn Victor Moses into a... No offence. If you can turn Victor Moses into a Premier <laughs> League winner... You're you're at least a B plus man. That's nah nah nah. Take take that back, man. He's turned Moses into a, a, a bloody non-essential. Because no, this is my beef with Conte. Okay, let me let, let me rant. So you've you've ranted now. Now it's my 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 my, my turn. Victor Moses is arguably one of the most talented players in the Premier League. His dribbling. Can I finish? Thank you. His <laughs> dribbling and his technical ability is comparable to anybody in the Premier League. What he can do ability-wise is ridiculous. But Conte, for some reason, made him into a right wing back who receives the ball and passes it straight back. Receives the ball, passes it straight back. No diagonal runs into the, into the, into the box. No di- dynamism like how you see the Barcelona right backs or left backs do. It's very rigid, very boring, very pragmatic. And that's the thing with Conte. Conte is a very good manager. He's, he's a very good old-school Italian manager. But the point that Danny was making was that when you think of Chelsea, when I thought of Chelsea back in, in the day when I was a fan of Chelsea, it was entertainment, attractive, free-flowing, champagne, sexy for football. That is what you should feel as Chelsea. But really? he's not turned them into a functional when? team. When? When have Chelsea ever been associated with that sort of football? Ancelotti? No. Wasn't no, there a season but, that wait don't wait 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 don't Chelsea hold the record for scoring the most goals in a season? 
Yeah, you have that one season, but I would never, you would never say Chelsea. Oh, like, yeah, Arsenal. we have that one season. Yeah, right, yeah, yeah, but, yeah, yeah, but that proves my point. That no, they have the record no, for the doesn't. most goals scored in a season, which means that they oh. were an, an attacking team. When you're an attacking team, which means that you score goals, the point's proven. You just said no, that. It, oh, no, no, no. What do you mean by the an attacking pause, team? Guys, That's the point. Pause, That's the point. Have hope. You can have one season where you're attacking, but that doesn't mean Chelsea is known as an attacking team. You yeah. you might want you might want to use like the Zola, Di Matteo. That 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 was more open, expensive football. And then when Mourinho came, he brought or even Ranieri, and then Mourinho. You could argue that they brought a little more defensive steel into the team. And then Chelsea were known as like they win one nil, two nil, and then Ancelotti came, and then you got two seasons of relatively nice football. You could make that argument, but to say Chelsea are known as in a sexy champagne football, eh, it's going a bit too far, I think. Yeah, I mean, what? Mourinho was calling you a counter-attacking side last season. That was a jive. But the, to say the perception of Chelsea is a champagne-flowing football side, I think is slightly incorrect. Chelsea are known for playing effective football. Good, robust football that sometimes can be very pleasing to watch. But I would never... If you looked at all the teams in the Premier League right now and who are the best teams to watch right now, I think most people go City, Liverpool before they say Chelsea. I what think about, that, did I say did I say it right now? Did I say it right now? And I think if you if you want to talk about historically, if you want to talk about historically in the history of the Premier League, I think most people would put Manchester United and Arsenal above Chelsea as well. I don't think mm-hmm. many people would chip Chelsea in their top three at all. Man United? Of course, man, United. Attack, attack, attack. 4 4 2. Arsenal for win. sure. United for sure. Liverpool has an argument. Yeah. I, I, that's not, I'm not saying Chelsea are bad. Uh, and right. I think, I think your, your idea of uh, Victor Moses being uh, this amazing technical player, to that, my rebuttal would be explain what he did at Stoke and West Ham and Liverpool then. Conte is the manager that got the most out of Victor Moses. Right, because before that he was on loan at Liverpool, didn't do much. At club not... level, though. At, at club, club level, level though. Come yeah. On. So, so look, man. So, like, look, man. You don't know Moses, like, okay? I know Moses. So look, if if you don't Moses, don't talk, okay? If you don't know anything, don't don't don't, don't talk, man. Look, okay. I know the guy, okay? So don't do say so. Don't be don't give me this narrative that Conte now turned Moses into something and Moses was a lost soul. Nah, that's that's that's, that's, that's not, a part of crap. I didn't say that. That's a part of crap. No, no, no. But okay, look, what I'm saying is this is that Moses is not playing to the best of his potential. What Moses is doing for Chelsea is not what the guy should be doing and what he can do. He's being functional. But the Moses that we know come June will talk. Thank you. But I think the the issue is that and I said this before, Hazard shouldn't be in this team. Hazard's footballing <laughs> brain and footballing IQ and how he plays football doesn't coincide with Conte's philosophy. That's true. Facts. The kinds of things that Hazard is doing, you could just say it's just a wrong fit. Because you've got, he's obviously been told that okay, you've been given a free role, but you're given a free role in a team that's very functional, not very adventurous. As in, trust me, William Hazard. Moses and Morata can play some amazing football if they're allowed to. If they're allowed to. But Conte is not allowing them to be, look, be expressive, be creative, be adventurous, take risks. You know, it's all very, this is your role, this is what you need to do, these are your instructions, boom, stick to it. Hope. All right. Yes, yes, what? When we come up with conversations as to the manager doesn't allow the players to do that my question my response always is why is that 
So I'm going to bring it back to me. So we know for a fact Mourinho doesn't really like his fullbacks crossing the halfway line. We re- he very much wants to make sure that his team doesn't get hit on the counter-attack in wide areas, right? So there's a reason for why Mourinho instructs his fullbacks to behave in a certain way. What do you think the reason for Conte instructing that front three to play the way they are right now is? It's his philosophy. You go to Juventus. Uh, 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 now, please, please be more specific. Please give me, like, Conte okay, is okay. telling his players to not do this because he wants them to do this. The point you started off was with Moses, and then you said he's not allowing William and Hazard and whatnot to express themselves. Yeah. So yeah. why do you think he's telling them to not do this? Because surely if Chelsea are going to play better football, if they he lets them express themselves, why isn't he telling them to do that? Every manager has their philosophy. If you have your philosophy and how you... Because every manager has a blueprint as to how they want their, their team to work. Every coach sees this. There's no coach... There are very few managers, which is why I respect Ferguson, but there are very few managers that will come in and say, okay, these players are like this. I'm going to now fit myself and make sure that these players can play to the best of their potential. I'm actually going to adjust my philosophy to suit them. Most managers are like, I have my blueprints. You have to come and come away with my blueprints. Maybe we can meet halfway, but most of the time, you have to follow and sing off my song sheet. So for Conte, for Italy, for Juventus, is that... Every player, you have your role. Do not veer off this role. This is how we're going to stick to. We're going to be tight. We're going to mm. be rigid. We're going to be structured. We're going to be composed. And we're going to keep a structure when we attack, when we defend, and when we go in the midfield. Don't, no expressive, no dynamic runs. But for Guardiola, it's about runs. Off the ball movements, passing, being in, ingenious it's, with the pass, which is different. It seems as if you're ascribing high flying knowledge rather than giving me very specific examples as to what he's doing. Uh, let's just leave it there. Just to finish Chelsea off, uh, we got a question from, we'll just call him Holy Coley. Um, Bashwai has the same amount of goals as Morata this season. If Conte no, leaves... He yeah, he does. Uh, Morata Marat- has no. 12 goals. Surely not. Morata has 12 goals in all competitions this season. Beshawai had 10 with Chelsea, and then he scored a brace with Borussia Dortmund. So they both have 12. Um, Holy dang. Beshawai has the same amount of goals as Morata this season. If Conte leaves, what will be the striker situation when Beshawai can be called back? It depends on the manager, uh, Coley. I'm sure he'd still be second to Morata unless you have a manager who wants to play two strikers, in which case, you know, I'd play them together, as we've, as we've said, ad nauseum. <laughs> but, but yeah, it, it, it would... Depend on on who Chelsea hire as as Conte's replacement. Um, let's go to Italy quickly. Sabian Tosca says, "Bruh, how do we fix Inter Milan, man? If we don't make it in the Champions League, should we just cash in on a Cardi? Fair play is currently, you know, hashtag they don't want us to win. And someone named Carl Anka at Ankerman six one six says, "What's going on with Inter Milan?" So, Carl, you seem to have some thoughts on this, so we can knock this out. What's going on with Inter? Uh, Inter Milan were looking, they were tied first as late as, as recently as November. Uh, they've got Mario Cardi, who is perhaps one of the best out-and-out number nines that isn't called Lewandowski, Harry Kane, or Luis Suarez. But the wheels seem to have fallen off. They have drawn repeatedly in recent games. They have drawn their last five games and not one in their last ten, which George Osborne not that one, but the fantasy <laughs> Premier League uh, user who I talk about quite highly 
describes it as a bit like when you're playing football manager and the computer figures out your one tactic. They're looking really, really poor and off the pace. They've draw, they've dropped. If you haven't won in 10, you've gone from first tied first place to I'm going to get the Serie A table up now. Napoli is still top by one point. Napoli is still top by one point with 60 points and Inter Milan are now in fourth place with 45 with Roma behind them on 44. So not only do they look like they're going to drop out the Champions League spots, but also their Europa spot is in doubt. And a lot of the problem is, one, apart from Icardi, they're really desperately short on quality. They've got Spalletti, former Roman manager, but he he can't he doesn't seem to be popping his next uh, hoodoo on this squad. Their January transfer window was quite poor. They loaned out Jao Mario to West Ham, which is bewildering. But also, Jao Mario wasn't fitting in well at Inter Milan. I think that the Inter Milan owner said Mario's one of the worst football players he's ever seen in his life, which says a lot about the general unrest there. Icardi has dropped a very interesting cryptic message on Instagram. Basically, Icardi dropped a message that said, so long, goodbye, on Instagram uh, while the January transfer window was open. Inter Milan fans were worried that Icardi was leaving in the January transfer window, but then it looked as if he had personal problems because soon after he had unfollowed his wife on Instagram. And if I recall correctly... And if I recall correctly, Akadi met his wife when his wife was dating another football player. So, um, Maxi Lopez. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Hope. Uh, So, uh, what's going on Inter Milan is their defense is okay. They're not scoring anywhere near enough goals. They're far too reliant on Akadi, and Akadi has personal problems. I would like them to finish the Champions League spaces. European football is always better when you can get a trip to Milan in there somehow. Mm. However, I don't think they'll keep the pace. I think Roma's going to supersede them and, and get that fourth pl- slot. So, so that's cool. that. So cool. Uh, have hope. We got a question from Ohio V1. Uh, he says, Nigel boy, Lukman is the first Englishman since Hargraves in 2005 to score in the Bundesliga. Sancho and Oxford have broken into the Dortmund and Borussia Mönchengladbach sides, I'm assuming he means. Should more talented English youngsters go to Germany for game time? And I'll add this. Do you consider Lookman English? No. <laughs> because I saw a lot of like Nigerians on my timeline. They were like, hey, he hasn't decided who he's going to play for at senior level yet. So you can't call him English. <laughs> Y'all just try to claim everybody and anybody. But, uh, no, no, but do you say- not, like, look, he's called Ademola. <laughs> Sorry, that's in English. So, mate, yeah, go but- go and suit up with an green, white, and green man. Don't go to the bloody queen, royal family, imperial, colonial guys who stole people's land and so forth. Um, do you think more young talent should go to Germany? Yes. Germany is a great place to go to. Iannaccio had the chance to go to Hoffenheim. Should have taken it, and now he's re- regretting it. You look at a John Stones. You look at whether it's a small, even look at a Rashford. If they go to Germany, I think their football will be better. Their football IQ will increase and they'll just become better players. You know, if, if, if he does end up playing for England, I think it's an advantage when English players go abroad and in terms of like oh, no, the no, national no, team sure. like, setup, you just one, learn different things. And what, I think I think one of the worst players. things for England that they've not done is this notion that, no, you must stay at the Premier League. Like, McManaman improved so much. Just like England's team was so crap. But McManaman improved so much playing in Real Madrid. Just playing in Spain, he improved so, so much. His, his football increased, his football IQ got better, and he just got technically better. So going to, I think La Liga especially, because in, in, La, in La Liga, you are forced to become better on the ball. 
like everybody from the defender keeper has to be good on the ball so if you want to be technically good you go to a la liga team football god uh this is not football related but kind of football related depending on how you oh, see Lord. the word uh what does have hope think of tom brady <sighs> okay first of all make america great so i think he's a, he's a trump fan but put that to one side now this thing this is the thing i don't get about nfl he's amazing at throwing an egg but is he really amazing at throwing an egg to someone or are we not giving enough credit to the people having to catch the eggs that he throws i'll give him <laughs> i'll give him credit to that he throws the egg very well as in oh, and oh, he and he throws the egg to players <laughs> who are pretty average Oh, but what? still what? though <laughs> still though no no because what? there have been there have been times <laughs> there have been times when the patriots have not had their best team always so there have been times when they've been depleted whether it's gronkowski or so forth have been injured so he's been forced to throw to players who are not really of a high standard but the fact matters that he's been able to be so consistent in his role i give him credit but he's definitely 100 percent overrated to, to to compare him to compare him How to Michael to to compare him to Michael Jordan is asinine. Who's compared him to Jordan? To people, oh, call, 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 pe people have call, been, pe people have been, and, people and also comparing him to Jordan because Jordan has six rings, and if Brady would have won yesterday, then he would have had six Super Bowl. Rings. Which 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 is so it's just an easy comparison. And, and also six championships. calling him a great because like, I I watched this really good um documentary with no well yeah like documentary with like Le, Le, lebron and lebron said look it doesn't mean any offense but you can't call tom brady a great athlete you cannot compare a flipping egg thrower to what basketball players do Stop calling it egg throwing. so basketball basketball players are way more athletic than egg throwers Stop calling it egg throwing. So I'm sorry. You, so no, but look, I said he is. He's one of the best egg throwers in the history of the game. But to call an egg thrower an amazing athlete, sorry, man. Oh, Can I have that? I'm sorry. That's just, that's just me being real, man. Stop calling it egg throwing. <laughs> Tom Brady is the goat quarterback. I don't care what anybody says. Um, I, I I do see the point that quarterbacks aren't necessarily the most athletic players. So maybe you can have that argument. But in terms of just quarterback opinion. play, like, oh yeah, dude yeah, is yeah, ridiculous, yeah. man. No, he's good. Um, he's amazing. Uh, continuing with the American football or sporting uh, kind of theme that we have here. From Gowen69, in the NBA and NFL, there are there is the concept of franchise players. So Curry, Brady, Rogers, Harden, etc. Who would you say is the franchise player of each of the top clubs in Europe? The so, franchise player of PSG is Neymar. The franchise player of Manchester United is Pogba. The mm -hmm. franchise player of Chelsea is Eden Hazard. The franchise player of Tom Hotspur is Harry Kane. Harry Kane? Okay, well... Who else is the franchise player of Tottenham Hotspur? Look, I'll just try and be contrary and carry on. The franchise player of Liverpool is an interesting one. It's Salah. Um, yeah, I think. I think. I think. I think. I think, I think, yes. I think it's Salah. <laughs> Lovren. It's 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 Lovren. It's Lovren. <laughs> chill, chill. Uh, the franchise player of Manchester City is David Silva. Whoa, whoa, whoa! No, De Bruyne. It's De Bruyne. It's, it's, De Bruyne. it's not David Silva. It's De Bruyne. I think. I it's think the point. body of work David Silva has behind him makes him the old gunslinger that will eventually give the. But crown. is he the franchise player? Well, no. Like this is how I determine franchise player. Essentially, like if you are a fan of that club, whose shirt do you want? 
And you want the De Bruyne shirt, I think, over the silver yeah. shirt. Fair enough. For sure. Silver's work is largely un- is largely unflashy. And Silver is more important, but I think like if if you're a city fan, you want the 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 De Bruyne shirt yeah. over Silver. But it's but maybe if you appreciate football in that way, you're like, nah, Silver's more important. Da da da. It's an uh, interesting experiment. Bayern Munich, I would still give it to Ribery ahead of Robin. I always think I've always maintained that this Bayern squad and this Bayern era. Always is sees itself more as a Frank Ribery team than. than Are we uh, sure it's not Lewandowski, Carl? As as the uh, franchise player. I don't know. Or man. Neuer, Neuer perhaps could be your franchise player. No one gets goalkeeper names on the back of their shirts. Oh no no oh yeah. trust me Neuer people, people is, get Neuer shirts now. Oh yeah no Neuer is like I told you Neuer is the guy. <laughs> He's that dude. Like but, he has changed but, the perception of keepers. Ribery was the franchise player, or maybe you could say like they no, 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 Robin, Robin no, split Robin 50-50. was. Robin but, was. I mean, Robin was the franchise player for time. I think as of now, it is between Muller and no, it's between Noya and Muller. And like, do we need to even talk about Real Madrid and Barcelona? Like, yes, yeah, really. It's Modric. Suffer. No, Modric <laughs> is the franchise player for Real Madrid. <sighs> no, they. <laughs> My, again, 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 again. This is, this, this, this. Oh, say happy again. birthday, Christina. Happy birthday, Christina. Yes. I, what did I tell you about calling him that? Stop it. Okay. Christina Melian. <laughs> Who is extremely sexy. I had a, a crush on her when I was young, man. So, Christina Melian, if you're out there, please, man. I'm, I'm available single. We all did. So. We all did. I'm the host. Call me first. Um... <laughs> <laughs> the you guys are lost you. <laughs> Look, man, Christina Milian was not it, and she's still good. She's still she's like forty something, and she's still good. But but, but no, I, I I was gonna say Modric is kind of like the silver to Ronaldo's De Bruyne. I think if we want to use what I would term as SAT logic. Um, is there any other big team we're forgetting? Juventus is it Dybala? Yes, they gave him the number ten shirt. Roma? Who's is Roma still De Rossi? It's De Rossi. Yeah, no, yeah, no, it is, it is, it is, it is. It Does is. AC Milan have one? <laughs> no. no. Well, you, you can probably say Bonucci. You can say Bonucci, but no. But AC Milan, are not, a top, AC Milan are not a top team anymore. So. Uh, yeah, that's that's me being traditionalist. Arsenal's franchise from... player is Ozil, so, yeah. Oh, yeah, we didn't we didn't mention them, did we? Uh, they're not Arsenal a top team in Europe anymore, are they? <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of why I skipped over Dortmund, because it would be Royce, but they're in Europa League. Um... David Borland asks, in your opinions, who is the best player who isn't starting for their club? I'd go with Ilkay Gundogan or Corentin Taliso. Um, That's a tough one. I would um, have to have like the roster oh, oh, in front oh, of me. Um, Pastore, PSG. Yeah, that's a good shout. Pastore was linked to Inter Milan, but it didn't quite come off. But I think Pastore, Pastore in most teams in Europe is mustard. Oh, and also Asensio, Real Madrid. Yeah, yeah. Those are two very good candidates. Isco not starting anymore? Sort of. Well, on and off. But I think he's not been starting. Real Madrid are in their own pocket universe. They drew again. True. So it's a 20 point gap to the top. Look, look uh, those guys are just, look, forget those guys. They, they're beating PSG. They're beating PSG. Book it. They have Book to. It. They have to. That's it. They have to. Otherwise, he, Zidane's going to be taken out back and uh, turned, sent to the glue factory. <laughs> I'm going to quickly go through the fixtures from the Premier League of the weekend and we just. Quickly come at me with any conclusions you had from them. Okay, cool. Uh, Burnley won, Manchester City won. 
I'm trying to think of the Burnley game. Man. What happened? What happened in that game? How did Burnley score? The corner? Let's, let's the corner? Equal, no, no, like cross from deep, running in, run the back, finish. I watched the um, game and I don't remember it. Sterling missed the sitter. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was bad. That was really bad. bad. <laughs> Pep got so mad, he just took him off. <laughs> uh, Ayo, Ayo Mane surpassed Hazard. Are you crazy? <laughs> yeah. Um, Raheem the dream. Bournemouth 2, Stoke 1. Didn't watch Bournemouth, it. Bournemouth, man, looking good, man. Bournemouth yeah. looking good. That such as the... Dude, they were 18th going into the Christmas break. And they were the only team in the Premier League that didn't sign a player over January. But seems to have turned it around. That's the joy of the... I don't know if it's joy, but there seems to be an 11 teams in the relegation fight right now. And if you win two games in a row, you just fly straight up. I, I, I don't feel as if we talk enough about the bottom of the table on this podcast. And I'd like to discuss it more. Well, see, I would rather talk about like... Well, I wouldn't rather. But I think it's more interesting for people who like... If you're a Spanish football fan or Italian, like why don't we why don't we talk more about Inter or you know the Spanish league or the French league or stuff like that? So it's just preference, I guess. Um, Brighton three, West Ham scored two less than that. Speaking of West Ham, this one guy said uh, oh, signing Pitcher- African players. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Pit- Pitcher City oh, yeah. asked us a question. Henry. Talking tactics. Don't care if it's on an extra show. Or just on Tuesday's edition, but this needs to be addressed. And then he put the tweet of West Ham's director of transfers, Tony Henry, sparked race row by admitting club don't want to sign any African players because quote they cause mayhem unquote. <laughs> we cause so much so, mayhem. Yeah. Your ass got fired. <laughs> I was kind of happy they sacked him, but like have hope seemed to think like it's West Ham, so we shouldn't be surprised that someone there thinks like this. Mm, for sure. Like it's it's a it's a it's a club known for racism. A lot of guys there are racist. They, their fans they are most not all the fans. I don't like to paint that broader of a brush, but West Ham are known that their fans are racist, just like Chelsea fans. So when I heard it came from West Ham, I was like, okay, that's not shocking. So do you know yo? Just as, as an aside, it's not really an aside. It's tangentially related. Do you know what I hate these days? Is Someone from a club will do something racist, right? Or sexist or just something bad, I guess we could say. And then you, it's so predictable as David Luiz gets tackled in midfield and Watford are having <laughs> pot shots at the Chelsea goal. The people will say, they're not real Arsenal fans. Those aren't Arsenal fans for real. Those aren't like uh, when uh, when the Paris train incident happened in, with Chelsea. They were Chelsea fans. Like, those aren't real Chelsea fans. They don't represent the club. Ah, I'm sorry. They are Chelsea fans, number one. And they do represent the club in some way. People are so quick to be like, oh, they don't represent our club. They aren't real fans. They are fans. You need to accept that your father, your brother, your cousin, your uncle, someone in your family just might be racist and a football fan. They might be sexist and a football fan. And and they might be a fan of the club that you support. Don't think everybody that supports your football club Oh, they're all perfect, and if they do something f-ed up, they're not real fans. They are real fans, and you can be a fan of a po- uh, you can be a fan of a football club and a f-ed up person at the same time. They, they they don't necessarily have to be separated. If you see what I'm saying, so I hate when I see that. Like, oh, he wasn't a real West Ham fan. Like, yes, he was. You need to own that shit and address it. You can't just say nobody in our club is racist. How the f- 
do you get rid of it if you don't address it? No, I'm not so wasting the and the. It the, pisses me off, man. No, but the sad truth is that those racist Chelsea fans, West Ham fans, those are actually the core. Those are the most passionate. Those are the guys who live in the area, have supported the the, the club almost their whole life, having inherited support the club from their fathers and, and grandfathers, and those are the guys who are the most passionate about that club. That's the sad truth. <laughs> so those guys are very much. The, the the real fans of the, of the clubs. It's a fact. It just annoys me when I see it. But yeah, I'm glad. I'm happy Duke got sacked. <clears throat> it made me smile. I don't normally smile when people get fired, but it made me happy. Uh, were there any other games that we had left? Carl? Leicester one. Leicester one. Swansea one. Leicester one. Swansea one. So Swansea are getting points now, huh? Okay. Slowly. They haven't. <laughs> they, haven't they haven't lost in the I think three or four. Uh, Carver Howe's got him playing out the back. I like him. Talk to Sheffield Wednesday fans. It was, he's good, but then when it comes to, you know, finishing the job and getting us promoted, it didn't quite come about. So it was very interesting to see how a guy who got sacked from Sheffield Wednesday might be able to get a change going for Swansea. But it seems to be going well. You know, getting three points against Arsenal always helps shoot you up the table. Guess who's um, coming on, guys? The big Frenchman, Olivier Giroud. What kind of football is this? This turgid <laughs> 1960s football. Like, I oh, understand oh, oh, why he oh, wants wait. to do it. Have we oh, talked God. about Batswai? Is, is, is there a question about Batswai? There isn't, but I was going to bring it up. But after mm-hmm. we talk about Mares, because I was figuring, Carl, Lester was going to come up sometime. Yeah, that's the I one. Think the key story from that was Riyad Mares is being held hostage by Leicester City Football Club. And I don't accept this. He needs to sue. Is he? No, no, uh, absolutely. Is it, is, is Nobody knows where he is. He, he, he can't put, be found. He put. Nobody a, knows where a, he is. No, hang on, hang on. They put a ninety million transfer fee on him. That's hostage. That's How is that hostage? Kidnapping. He's is he not worth ninety million in the current market? No, nobody no, is. And this is Leicester's they stupidity. They duped him. Leicester duped him. Leicester did. Lester, they had an agreement, and Leicester duped him. Did this they is what I was trying to tell you guys before. Okay. This is what I, when you guys were like, oh, the, the, the Coutinho deal is going to change how transfers work. No, no, nobody's dumb enough to pay that much money unless you have fruit from a crazy transfer tree. Nobody's going to, but Leicester's board are so dumb that they think that because Coutinho went for however much money, they'll look at the stats between Coutinho and Mars and think, oh, he's not that far off. So let's ask for 90 million. Nobody's going to pay that much money. The only way someone pays that much money would be, if Hazard goes to Real Madrid for two hundred million, and then they want a replacement, and they have ninety million to give Leicester City for Riyad Mahrez, that's the only way this works. He has to be a part of a transfer pyramid Stop. or whatever it is. This is the only Stop. way it works. Stop. Manchester City can afford to spend ninety-five million. No, they can't. Yes, they can. On who? They can afford to spend ninety-five million. They have the money. They have the money. They're going to finish in the Champions League next season, and they're going to win the Premier League. They can They're spend not going to spend 95 million on Riyad Mahrez. He's not that good. What did I say? Well, I said they can spend 95 million. I didn't say they can spend 95 million on Riyad Mahrez. They can spend 95 million. I think Fair enough. sticking an extra 35 million on Riyad Mahrez in the middle of January at the last minute is less about how much they genuinely think Riyad Mahrez costs and more about the fact that they can't get a replacement player in right now. And you pointed this out before about the Alexis deal about how with Arsenal, where it was less about 
Alexis can't go to City, but more about the window is closing soon and we need a, a replacement player. So right now we want to swap for Raheem Sterling. Mm-mm. It's, 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 Riyad, it's, it's, it's Leicester's stupidity in thinking they can get 90 million for Riyad Mahrez in this transfer market. It's, it's not real life. It's not it's, real life. No, I think I think they've deliberately I think they deliberately increased the price right now because they didn't want to lose Mahrez on the last day of the transfer window where they couldn't get a replacement in. It also goes back to have Hope's point that they had a gentleman agreement, I think three transfer windows ago, or maybe two <laughs> transfer windows ago, that if a decent offer comes in, that we will let you go. But sixty-five million plus a player from City. We don't. We, we don't know. There was, there was, that's there was, that's there, why he's writing. That's why he's on in exile. There was no mention of plus a player from City, as far as yes, I yes, there was. Yes, there was. There definitely saw, was. It was sixty-five saw, plus a City player. I saw no report about plus a City player. I'll send I, you a link. Okay. I heard, I heard sixty-five million on the last day. You got to bear in mind what this this sixty million only comes about because Leroy Sane gets broken against Cardiff. So if you're if you're Leicester City right now, you're going. You want to take away our star player because one of your star players is injured for seven weeks. No, I'm going to put 95 million on you, and then he can go in the summer for 70 million. But there's no way I'm going to let my star player go right now when I can't get a replacement. When I have 24 hours to get a replacement, they had an well, agreement. Agreements aren't worth anything. All right. Well, no, no, no it's true. It's true. It means, uh, Leicester, you have no principles. Your 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 principles suck. Look, <laughs> I would just want that. If, if if I'm Maris, I will. I I'm I'm going on exile because screw you. We had an agreement, which means that your your principle as a as a man is nothing. Which means that you 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 have no balls. Liverpool had a forty million release clause on Luis Suarez. Arsenal played forty million plus one. Suarez should have been an Arsenal player. What happened there? You can talk. You can talk. Give all this talk about we had an agreement. Agreements mean nothing in football. Um, um there are plenty of football players who had an agreement that they didn't want to be sold, but got sold. Parkview's song didn't want to leave Manchester United. They sold him to QPR anyway. Like, this is football. The game is the game. Look, Riyad Mahrez, if Riyad Mahrez had a better agent, he would have had this deal. But he doesn't have a better agent right now. So now he has to sit at Leicester. He's missed three training things right now. He'll come back in later on. And he'll get his, he'll get his deal to go somewhere for 50 to 60 million in the summer. But not until Leicester can identify a replacement target. Do you know that I did the research and Riyad Mahrez doesn't have an agent? Did he sack him? He's always been represented by his family. No, least, no, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. No, no. At I, least according I, to transfermarkt.com. Or no, I, no, hang on. I read a, I read a thing about Riyad Mahrez's agent. Oh, have you? So yeah. Okay, but and okay. How no one knows how no one knows Mahrez's name, which is why Mahrez hasn't hasn't had the move. Hmm. Riyad Mahrez recently moved agents and is now with Kia Jobachin. Who's that? Coutinho's agent. Hmm. He's just moved agents. Since when? Like um, in the past week. In the, last, in the last month or so. Okay. Uh, so his previous agent was a gentleman known as Kamel Benguan. Uh, I've probably gobbled that spelling, uh, pronunciation. But yeah, uh, his agent was a relative no one. And the number one client was Riyad Mahrez. And he has now terminated services with his agent this January transfer window and moved to Kia Jobachin who is Coutinho's agent and also the person who brought Tevez to West Ham. So, Mahrez will get his move in summer. Trust me. But for now, he's going to have to, you know, keep playing on the court while Leicester City, which isn't a bad thing. If if you're Mahrez, it's a bad thing because he's 27 and he knows he only has one good deal left and his which, contract runs until 2020. Which he'll get because he's got a very good agent now. We, 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 we shall see, we shall see. Manchester, Manchester United beat Huddersfield 2-0. Any conclusions there? Pogba got dropped. 
for Scott McTominay, and United played well. Sanchez missed his 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 penalty, but you know he 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 played well. So, and um, Lukaku has moved down to Class B by the way because of his his two goals, but he's still he's still a brick. Yeah, Pogba got dropped, and I really hope this is the end of only two defensive midfielders. I want I really want to see us start playing four three three. Yeah, Pogba. good luck with that. I wanted Marino to play four three three his whole time with Chelsea. It just never happened. Uh, Wayne Rooney's been on Monday Night Football, and he says he he too believes Pogba would be best in, on the left of a four three three, and maybe allowing us to play a lopsided style formation, much like uh, Napoli. But I don't think that's going to happen. Uh, West Brom lost 2-3 to Southampton. Southampton scoring more than one goal for the first time in a long, long time. Uh, general conclusion there, it's amazing what happens when Dusan Tadic is playing as 10. And I think Pardew is in trouble because his eagerness to play Daniel Sturridge caused him to drop uh, Jay Rodriguez, which was very, very silly. Um, credit to West Brom for honouring Cyril Regis with a video package. So that's that's that. And uh, Arsenal beat Everton 5-1 on Saturday. And what do you think about that? Um, speaking of the Arsenal game, we got two Arsenal questions from Mason Boris and Harrison Edits. Boris asked if Arsenal had sorted out the Sanchez situation back in the summer and gotten Aubameyang and Mkhitaryan, how much closer or ahead of City would they be? And Harrison asks, are Arsenal in a shout for top four now now that they have Aubameyang and Mickey? So, no. so obviously they beat, as Carl said, Everton five one. Everton looked boo boo, shall we say? Uh, <laughs> have hope. What did you think? No, no, Mkhitaryan was the best player on the pitch. Like, wh- you know, I, what really annoys me is how they gave the man of the match to Aaron Ramsey because he scored three goals. Two really, but three goals. When in fact that man of the match is not who scored the most goals, is who was the best player on the pitch. Mkhitaryan was the best player in the pitch, so therefore he should be man of the match, not Aaron Ramsey. So again, that just annoys me how football people get that always wrong. But yeah, I think he's going to be key for them. I think if him, Ozil, and Mkhitaryan can link up, Arsenal can definitely get top can definitely get to, to, top four because I don't trust Tottenham and Liverpool. Do you guys feel for Lacazette at all? Yeah, yeah. Bit, yeah, man, I do actually. The game is the but, game. But he, 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 he can fit <laughs> Stop in. Stop saying the game is the game. He can fit it's in. Lacazette's game. This game is a ruthless game, okay? And it's not nice it's, to people. This game don't love you. The fans, the girls, the goals. This game don't love you, bro. <laughs> I think it's unfortunate. Because we know Wenger's not going to play two strikers. I think it's Wenger. That, Wenger didn't really like him to begin with. And and I think Lacazette will be moved on. Do you, well, so you think Wenger just bought him just to buy him? Just to, You know what? Maybe we did we say this at the time. That he just bought him to appease Arsenal fans, yes, and he we did. didn't even want him, and because yes, he would have, he, he would, he would have gone to Atletico, right? Mm-hmm. If there wasn't a transfer ban over there, so yeah, he just bought him to buy him. Oh, and yeah, they weren't going to get Oba at the start of the season, so let's put mm. that out your brain. And they weren't going to get Mickey at the start of the season, so let's put that out of their brain. And even if that had happened, they'd still have Wenger as their manager, so they'd still find another stupid way to mess things up. Just because they figured out their attack doesn't mean their defense is any better. Wait, wait, wait. Can I mention something very, very quickly? I just saw a stat. Um, Watford have had 22 touches in Chelsea's opposing area. Chelsea have had five touches in Watford's op- opposing area. It's a disgrace. <laughs> <laughs> you know the exact voice of Sudan. It's a disgrace. <laughs> it's a disgrace. <laughs> All right. and, and, and he was wearing slippers. Yeah, what? <laughs> 
What a hero. Uh, all right, are we all done? I think I've, I've, uh, I've covered everything now. Here we go. Mahrez or Salah? Question mark. So one word answer. Who would you rather have in your team, Riyad Mahrez or Mohamed Salah? Salah. <laughs> in concert, they say. Best one season wonder you've seen? Michu. One, one season wonder. Um, First season was phenomenal. As, as, yeah, yeah, as, like Asprey and Newcastle. I had more than one good season, but okay. No, 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 no. But he, that season for Newcastle, that, that was just really the season, and that was it. He never really had a season that that good. So, hmm. Aspria's golden season for Newcastle. Can you see Usman Dembele going to the World Cup? And all of these are from odds first. So shout uh, out to you. Uh, yes. Depends I on think, that hamstring, man. I Hopefully he he stays oh, fit. Yeah. If he stays fit, and Barcelona get a deep run into the Champions League, I think yeah, he'll get there. I, yes, I, all of all of us want to see Dembele at the World Cup. I think, like, come on. I want to see every single Dembele <laughs> at the World Cup. I want to see. <laughs> I want to see a team of Dembeles at the World Cup, just their own separate nation, just people with the surname Dembele. Yo, there was a nah. That that that'll take too much time. Uh, Bloody Header, aka Alexandra Lagazette fan account. Uh, based on current Nick. form, his name was Nick. You... Hi, Nick. Oh, hi, Nick. Based on current form, would you pick Ali and Dyer for England in the summer? If not, no, who? I would not. Uh, I would not have Deli Ali or Eric Dyer in the England starting. I would not have either one in the starting eleven. Basically, prefer Wilshire. World Cup. Prefer uh, Wilshire to be fit because Wilshire is England's best player. He's England's most naturally talented one and and the best player. Uh, if I, if if I gave you an option of Ali and Dyer or Lalana and Wilshire, who do you take? Lalana and Wilshire. But the interesting there is it causes a change in your formation. Because if you're playing Eric Dyer, then I'm assuming he's going to be a defensive midfielder and Dele Alli is going to be a 10. Whereas if you're going to give me Lalana and Wilshire, I'd say let's start playing a 4 3 3. Which, uh, which do you think which, suits England best? Which I think suits England best. I think England will be best going to World Cup with a 4 3 3 of Wilshire. Uh, with Bushi, Lalana, and then one other. But do, but, but do England know how to play four three three though? That's the thing. That's for Gareth Southgate to figure out, and I'm not going to be holding my breath. <laughs> no, 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 no. Look, I've always said that for England. In my view, for watching England, I think England are best when they keep it simple. Four four two. That is what England naturally know. When England try to get things too complicated, three five two, four two three one, and get fancy, they don't know how how to play that formation. England are the most dangerous and effective. With four four two. Oh, really quickly, everyone's fit. Four four two World Cup. Pick it right now. For England. Yep. All right. Um. So keeper. My gosh. Oh yeah. Who's who? Who did England even have in goal? Okay. Butland? Pickford. Are any of those guys? Yeah. Butland or Pickford. So my God. Back four. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so right. Lord. Right. Right. Smalley. I mean, I'm. I'm going. I'm going to. Roll, I'm going to roll with John John Stones and yep. Jones in central defense. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with Danny Rose on one flank, Walker on the other flank. The four in the middle. Um, Sterling is going to be on one wing. Mm -hmm. Lalana is going to be on the other wing. Mm -hmm. Jack Wilshere. And... You, you need someone who can tackle, man. Livermore? Let me... Okay, let me get back to that because... Let, let me get back to I'm, I'm tempted to say Milner, you know. I'm tempted to, I'm tempted to say Milner. Come on, and then... Obviously, the two strikers you have, Harry Kane storage, and that's how and that's how how, how you roll. All right. Why doesn't Eden Hazard shoot more? 
Why don't you just shoot? What's a lauk? Damn. Again, he's a one-man army. Exactly, Conte though. had That's nothing to do with that goal. Man. Conte had nothing to do with that goal. <laughs> this is what this guy's been doing for the past few months. This guy is literally single-handedly dragging this team. He's a one-man army. You ridiculous, spoke man. for 10 seconds without telling me that a goal happened. So that's thank you for telling me it was a goal, Hafo, because I had no idea why why Daniel was shouting. Um, like I'm, I'm not about to go crazy, crazy, crazy. It's just we're drawing one one with Watford. Like, hey, <sighs> Liverpool drew three three Watford. It happens. All right, guys, let's let's do the segments. What's our, which one should we do first? Heroes and villains. This is my Mitchy segment. Have hope. My hero of the week is Mitchy Bashwai. Now. Giroud was transferred the same day Beshwai was. He's on the bench. Beshwai gets two days of training, starts a game with Borussia Dortmund, and scores a brace. As we said last week, this move to Dortmund, I, you know what? I think, I mean, as a Chelsea fan, I'd be kind of sad, but he should stay. He should stay at Dortmund. It works. You can just see it. Yeah. Like, it it's it's a perfect fit, a perfect match. And also, he looks he looks looks good in yellow. So, I mean, they played Yo, him did, black on the weekend, but whatever. Did you see his quote? My favorite colors are black and yellow because I like Batman and I like SpongeBob. <laughs> <laughs> man, Mitchie, man, he's, he's he's like one of my favorite players, man. For like, he's just cool, man. So, yeah, I'm, I'm glad for him. Got two goals. Got his like because you don't want to play your first game, not score. Um, and then it's like, oh, oh wow, Watford just went right through Chelsea. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> this has been a total destruction, man. That one, two was very nice, though. No, no, I, I beg you, somebody needs to look at the stats. How many shots on targets have, have Watford had? Do you know, I, I know what guys. Conspiracy, conspiracy, double edge, conspiracy, double edge. I, I, I'm looking at Conte's expression. I think this guy sabotaged this game. <laughs> I'm going conspiracy. I think. Oh, you know what? Oh, you know he what? knows I, what's I, coming. I He's so pissed off with the board. He sabotaged this game. I was thinking that you don't want to get like released. Or anything like that. Like, if you want your money, you want yeah, them to sack yeah, you. Yeah, we thank. He's a, he's from the streets. He's Italian. He's Italian. He's from the streets, man. <laughs> I was thinking it earlier. I was like, he wants his you cash. know what? If, if 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 I was trying to leave Chelsea, you don't just quit because then you don't get your severance package. I guess. I guess that you, you need to be fired. Yeah. So maybe I. But no, back back at Yoko going down to ten men. I mean, you were never gonna win the game, were you? Especially and then once they gave up the penalty, that wasn't a penalty. Like, yeah. But anyway. Uh, does anybody have any suggestions for heroes and villains of the week, or can we move on to recommended reads? My villain of the week is, as always, Half Hope. Who's your Who's your hero? Is it Can I Can I be the hero? No, uh, hero. <laughs> hero of the week is Victor Wanyama because oh, he's yeah. coming back to full fitness and what a goal! Oh, and Izakiro for that goal against for Brighton against West Ham. That was sweet. Recommended reads. I only have one. It's once again something from Rory Smith in the New York Times. Uh, Does he pay you? He should be. I just... of, of, of course he, Dan. Of course he pays him. And come on, look. <laughs> I really like Rory every Smith. week. He he, he writes he writes this heat every week. Look, he pays him for the promotion, man. Rory Cal, Smith, Cal, we 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 know that you're you're getting that money, man. Rory Smith has the advantage of he doesn't have to write content every single day. So when he does write something, it tends to be 
about something he's researched for three, you know, a good week and a half. Yeah, sure, 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 um, sure. Pull the other one. Uh, you know, well, after either mention Rory Smith from the New York Times or after mention Football Three Six Five, it's one or the uh, other. Yeah, yeah. You know, both, so both what, what, what was the Rory Smith article about? It's the Rory Smith article about Martin Odgaard. Uh, oh, okay. You may remember Odgaard was a 16-year-old who was uh, bought by Real Madrid and then put to Castilla when uh, Zinedine Zan was the B manager and Ancelotti was the A manager. And Ancelotti called him a uh, PR exercise. So this Martin is now playing for Heravin in the Entrevista, in the like Dutch mid-table. Um, he's still on loan. He's, 90, he's only 19 years of age, which is astonishing. Um, and he's still on loan, so he's still technically a Real Madrid player on the books. And it's just simply looking at how his like life is right now. Uh, what 3-1, happens? guys. <laughs> this is ridiculous. <laughs> this is ridiculous, man. What? What? 3-1? This, 3-1. Three, one. Three, one. This literally... I, I do, know, I know. Do you know De, like De Lufeu literally was pointing... To where he wanted thingy to go, he was literally just walk straddling the ball along. Look at Conte's face, guys. This is. <laughs> I'm sorry, man. Conte knows. He knows. He's not. He's not even angry. He knows. He's chilling. Oh man, I love this man. I cannot wait for my post match analysis, man. This is such <laughs> a a botch job, man. I love this, man. I love this. I think we should just we should just call it a night there. Like, there's too much football yeah. going on. All right, let's let's go. <laughs> So yeah, uh, well no, uh, yeah, fuck it, let's let's go. Uh, this has been the Talking Texas podcast, distracted by Watford blowing out Chelsea. Um, we do this every Tuesday. Remember to follow us at Talking Tactics on Twitter, Instagram. Please follow us on SoundCloud if you haven't done so already. Please follow us on Twitter if you haven't done so already. We're close to some landmarks there. You can follow me at Danny to look. Carl, where can the people find you? Anchorman six one six. Have hope. Where can the people find you? Um, half hope football hot dot com. Um, half hope, half hope, half hope, half hope. Okay, half. So yeah, uh, what's left? Leave Apple Podcast reviews if you would. If it's a five star one, we'll read it on the show. Those are always much appreciated. And as always, talking Texas podcast sometimes funny, sometimes serious. Always football. Respect to Moses. <laughs> <laughs> See you guys next week. Peace. Stay black. Stay black. Podcast Network.